0: Welcome in! It is another episode of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by Griffin Warner, at the Real underscore G. Warner. Griffin, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine. The uh, We were just talking before the show started.
1: Uh, I think both of us had the bills. Uh, just a brutal, brutal uh, reminder of what NFL football betting can potentially do to you, potentially set you up in not so great spirits, but at least we have college basketball to bring us back where uh we can not worry about betting Sean McDermott and Josh Allen as a combination.
0: Yeah. Uh it was a, a kind of a kick in the pants week in the uh in the NFL betting for me which I can't come, I'm up like 70 NFL units this season. I mean, you had an incredible year so far. I had a rough weekend, I can deal with it, but it was all made up for by a hell of a nice little run I'm on in college hoops, which we'll be discussing here. Hell yeah. 17 and 4 since Wednesday. Ooh, ooh. And let me tell you two of my losses. I'm fanning the flames from, a, from across the, the country. One of my losses was on DePaul uh, down, you know, eight to 16 points should have been a push. I wasn't going to win the bet with Butler, but DePaul runs down and like, while they the handshake line is going on, they like run down the court and try and get a layup. It gets swatted off the glass but they call it a goaltend at the buzzer. Goaltend. Hey, so hey, that one stings. They didn't review it, I bet, because all these refs that made five grand that game, they're ready to go home for dinner. They're ready to go home. And then I had uh Yukon minus four and Villanova hits a three-pointer, half-court three-pointer at the buzzer to uh to lose by one instead of <laughs> instead of by four. No, I had UConn minus three. And she was still went from a winner to a loser on a half court shot. So uh if that's the worst that's gonna happen to me, I I can handle that. So um it was a a, a great weekend for me. And listen, it's two and oh best bets for the pod. This will this the last pod. That's uh that's what we're talking about. So uh more importantly, you know, as long as we get those two and oh weeks in, that's that's what I'm looking for. Hopefully we can get at another one here. And we've got a a, a decent slate this week. Let's start with the big 12 and we'll go with Houston at BYU. Uh, Bad beat for Houston backers as well. Like if you told me that uh, I I think central Florida maybe made like four, two point shots, the entire game just got absolutely dominated uh, and somehow covered that game. But uh, we'll say Houston minus three at BYU. And we've talked a lot about home and road in this conference. Uh, is the the talent and toughness gap wide enough in your mind for Houston to go on the road to BYU and uh, and knock off the Cougs here? Well, the the Blue Cougs. It's really tough. It's
1: it's really tough. Yeah, I'll take the Cougs in this one. Um, uh, so then I win both ways. I, you know, it, good call. It's, it's this is two teams that I've been betting against pretty frequently uh, for, I don't know, ever since big 12 play started uh, the blue Cougs. They, to me are a really team. They're a team you want to back at home because they shoot threes. They shoot them at like an obnoxious rate. But what I think that does is you can kind of avoid the uh, land of misfit toys or just trying to go inside and scoring against the Houston team that will either foul the, you know what, out of you, or, Um, which might get called and put you at the line. But ultimately, I think there are only so many shots you can take. Um, Or they just won't get called for the fouls, and then they'll get away with it, which is usually a thing that happens at the Fertitta Center, uh, which is going to be one time zone east and also way far south compared to where they're playing in Provo, Utah. So uh, to me, I'm very interested in BYU. I I think as a home underdog, that's kind of been my shtick for a lot of this season. Uh, you might hear one of those later at the end of the show for best bets, but um, just really it's Houston that seemingly like they're a great home team. Of course, they're a great team in general. Uh, it really, I think, depends on how well they score from the point guard or, or just really from the backcourt in general. Um, I'm not sure I trust Jamal Shedd to have the type of, game he had against Texas Tech, nor uh, LJ Cryer to kind of figure it out. So to me, it's BYU shooting a ton of threes. Yes, there's a lot of variance in that. If they don't make them, it's a big problem. It's going to be hard for them to cover the spread or win that game. Uh, But I think there's also a pretty decent ceiling for BYU where it's a lot higher than Houston if they make a lot of their shots. So give me BYU as a home underdog.
0: I I think I'm probably at least leaning the same way as you. uh, And I'm sure you watch the uh, the Texas Tech game, the BYU-Texas Tech game that might have been a best bet winner if i remember correctly. It was a best bet winner for you. So, uh i'm sure at halftime you weren't feeling great about it as your best bet winner because i mean they were running Texas Tech off the floor uh and then just tech tech just dominated in the second half and um it's it was surprising to me that BYU was so good on the boards especially against, you know, like they were missing Noah Waterman, who's their big man. He didn't play at all in the game, but they still, it was a, like a almost double digit, or I think it was a double digit re- rebounding edge for BYU. Uh, but it was one of those days where they didn't shoot well enough from three and 13 of 39 is like, it's not going to get it done for this team. They, they have to shoot a good percentage to win. And I, I'm with you. I think it, it's, they're more likely to do that uh on on the road or at home than they are on the road and it feels like one of their issues as a team is three-point defense and I don't know how much that will matter against the Cougars I I feel like I mean you talked about you know that they don't want to go inside with Houston and I, I think that's certainly true but um like what Houston does like Houston's not a great shooting team Period, but. What they do do is they they dominate they they get you on the glass and I think if BYU can hang with them on the glass like they did this last game against Texas Tech, it's easier said than done. But uh, but I think that they can they could be in this game.
1: It is definitely a big ask. I think that's I think you're pointing that perfectly. Like it's going to be hard for them to do it. I almost I'm not sure that they'll win that rebounding battle. It probably will be uh, a big upset if they do. But if BYU at home are able to. I mean, if they're able to win that rebounding edge, I I think that's a a huge step for them in the right direction. I think they just might shoot well enough from three. They might run away and hide in this game because Houston haven't, I mean, they've been very competitive in their road losses so far. I just feel like uh, until they're priced differently, I I think as a road favorite, that's just going to be a really hard spot for me to avoid.
0: Yep. Uh, All right. Let's go to the SEC where it just means more. Uh, Kentucky, we're going to say a four point road favorite at South Carolina, man. I, I'm, I kind of believe that Kentucky has maybe, maybe final four, maybe even better upside than that. Ooh, like ooh, as they continue ooh, okay. to gel, like the last couple of times I've watched this game or this team, I'm just like, man, they can be really good. Um, it, it's, it's something that. I I guess I I don't know why I I didn't expect them to be very good this year but I I think Reed Shepard like them having a real legit shooter just changes a lot for them um he's been just money this season uh I think he's the the second second leading three point shooter in the country as I look at it here 55% from 3 and when you have a guy who can do things like that uh, it really changes changes things up. And, you know, obviously Antonio Reeves can shoot it. Um, Rob Dillingham can shoot it. They've just – they kind of overwhelm you with dudes. And they're a team that I'm generally looking to back. I worry a little bit here uh, on a road spot. And we saw them against Texas A&M go on the road and offensively played well, did not play their best game defensively. Um, I worry that that could be an issue for them here. Uh, I, I'm not thrilled about laying points on the road with them, but I that I don't think I want to back South Carolina here. I know we had a little a quick comment on it the other day about I, I don't think South Carolina is very good. Uh, you seem to think they are better than I do. I just think they haven't really gotten into the meat of the SEC schedule yet. They've gotten to play Missouri and, and Arkansas and Georgia, and you can do okay when you're playing those guys. I think this is going to be like a, a real taste of them – getting getting to see sec talent it is on their home floor though and but when they played alabama who's the best team they've seen this year they just they got blown out so uh, i lean to kentucky but i I don't think i'll have any action here
1: yeah i I think i'm south carolina or nothing uh probably leaning towards nothing as well Uh, but I, i think as we talked about in the last podcast briefly Um, I think South Carolina, from their metrics and their analytics, from what I've looked at, they had a pretty nice profile from the times I have looked into potentially backing them. I'm not sure I've touched any of their games this year, so it's a little bit off the beaten path for me. Um, But this is one of those scenarios where you're at home. This is a spot where if you are a good team that has a chance or reasonable opportunity to make the NCAA tournament, this is a game you need to win. And uh, it's going to be really hard to do because Kentucky's great. They uh, we always kn- have known that they have the biggest probably NIL program for college basketball of anyone. So we know they're going to be uh, about as talented as you can be. It's that's no change. But I, I think part of why I think you and I are both reluctant to believe in Kentucky is just based on how poor they were last year and us thinking that maybe uh, Coach Cal can't really handle a transfer portal or what's really changed the landscape of college basketball. Uh, It seems like his young team, he's back instead of trying to get these veteran transfers, he's back to trying to get really talented young players. They're probably going to have an upward trajectory for a lot of the season and probably perform better towards the end of the year. Um, That does worry me a little bit because they're getting better and probably uh, getting more fine-tuned every day that, that goes by, and conference play will certainly help that. Uh, I think it will probably get, I mean, I'm not sure what would be a bigger crowd at South Carolina other than Kentucky coming in Uh, as we've kind of talked about as well. College football rivalries are not the same as college basketball. And I feel like there's a a Kentucky big time sales uh, anytime they're in town, no matter where they're playing. So I think South Carolina gets up for this. Uh, So I'm leaning to the home dog, but I think this is really a big test because what Kentucky looked like a team that was just really small and didn't have a lot of big guys, but they all of a sudden became eligible or healthy, Uh, And I just am trying to find flaws in in Kentucky that I just don't really see so far. Uh, This will be a big test for them because it's kind of a sleepy spot potentially gets not a really a big name team. Um, But I I think it's South Carolina or nothing for me. And uh, I think I'll have to do a lot more research before
0: I decide what to play on this one. All right, let's stay in the sec and we'll look at Auburn at Alabama. Alabama will project as a two point home favorite and Alabama got their pants pulled down in Knoxville, Tennessee over the weekend, a 20 point loss to the volunteers, which honestly felt like it wasn't that close. Um, they, they just had no answers. They couldn't shoot four of 21 from three. And I can go ahead and tell you if when we talked about this with Alabama, like if they, if they're going to shoot four of 21 from three, you can already mark it up as like a blowout loss because if they can't shoot, they they don't have a game because they're not a good defensive team. I mean, Tennessee's better than they've been offensively in, in years, and a lot of that is, is Dalton Connect gives them like a, a the kind of score that they, they just never really seem to get. But to let Tennessee put up 91 on you, that like it has to be a really bad defensive effort, and I, I, it really was. 22 turnovers also for Alabama. I, I, I've, I'm I've, i torn here because Alabama's a team that I've not been as high as the market on all season. I don't think they're all that good. Um, this game kind of, I feel like it confirmed what I thought about them. I was like, yeah, this is what it looks like when you don't hit every shot that you chuck up. Um, that said, some of my worry about Auburn is... The same worry I have about South Carolina. They haven't really played anybody yet. Uh, they played Baylor to start the season, and then they lost to Appalachian State. And I mean, their their toughest game, you know, outside of the Baylor game this year, is probably Texas A and M at home. I mean, they're they're five and zero in the SEC. Arkansas, A and M, LSU, Vandy, Ole Miss and they they've looked good but again it's there's levels to it and they they've beaten up on kind of the the mid to low tier of the SEC Alabama's not that so i'm a little nervous to jump in on auburn now particularly knowing that you're probably getting a little discount on alabama after they got embarrassed on a nationally televised game uh so i i want to play auburn here but i feel like it's the sucker side so it'll probably be a stay away. But I do think – I think there's going to be a very high-scoring game. I, I think these guys are going to go, go, go. Um, the, Ken Palm projects it in, in the 160s. I, I think that's it, – it wouldn't shock me if one of these teams hits 90. So um, I think it'll be a really fun game to watch. But I'm, I'm worried that I'm buying in on Auburn at the wrong time if I do it here.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, This is an Alabama spot for me or nothing. And uh, at minus two, if if that's what you're suggesting, uh, I will definitely be on the tide. Uh, I think I was when you usually send the games that we're doing to me and I throw lines back at you. I think I said Alabama minus six. Is that right? Maybe five? Uh, like that. You said five, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anything below three, I will be on the tide. Um, I, I just, yes, going to Knoxville. We, I mean, we've talked about Tennessee a lot in this podcast over the years, but especially, I think, in recent episodes. Uh, impossible place to go win. Uh, you certainly can't do it shooting as poorly as Alabama did. And, yes, if you're backing Alabama, you are taking a big risk of three-point variance because that's what they do. Uh, but at home, they're more likely to make shots there. I think there's a huge difference between what Auburn looks like at home uh, maybe on a neutral, but definitely at home to on the road and uh, pretty big rivalry in the state of Alabama. Uh, one of those football rivalries that does, I think uh, correlate pretty well to the college basketball floor, as well as, as not just on the gridiron. So uh, it's not a lot to love about Alabama because they didn't look great this weekend, but I think that honestly makes the price even sweeter uh, to back Alabama to respond uh, I think they'll be pretty motivated. Uh, I don't know necessarily need more of that motivation, but I don't really see a lot of areas where Auburn look better than Alabama. I mean, they're a pretty reckless offense in my humble opinion. Uh, I don't think that Jani Broome has really been as dominant as I, as, as I expected coming from, I think, Moorhead State when he transferred to Auburn a couple of years ago. Um, and I think that there's just not really a lot of areas where Auburn excel uh, or, or areas that Alabama are de- is deficient in a, in a place where Auburn could take advantage of them. So I will back the hard hats at home. Uh, really anything up to that four or five number, I'm, I'm interested
0: in Alabama. All right. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, reckless is a good word for their offense, but they I mean, they haven't really turned the ball over, which is nice. And that's the other thing about Alabama is they don't turn anybody over. Um, yeah, it, it, I, one of the things that I do that kind of wants me on Auburn, even though, again, I probably won't be is we've talked about road teams who rely on the three pointer, how we don't, we don't want to be, we don't want to be back in those types of teams. Auburn doesn't care if they shoot, they're not a great three point shooting team. They're not really a willing three point shooting team. Like they want to get the ball inside and they want to. They, they they wanna get buckets in transition they wanna uh they they wanna slash they wanna they wanna feed lobs like they they're not looking to shoot which to me that's that's more the type of road team i'm looking to back right now all right let's uh let's stick with these football rivalries and we'll go with uh texas at oklahoma we'll project oklahoma minus six here i'm i'm curious and you as an alum you follow the program pretty closely are they good? I, I don't. <laughs> I, it's funny. This is I'm pretty sure we sat on this podcast a year ago and said, man, Texas is going to they they keep winning and it's going to convince them that Rodney Terry is the answer. And I don't think it's going to take them long after they hire him to figure out that he's not the answer. And it basically went exactly as like as projected. Like I think now there's probably some buyers remorse on Rodney Terry. I, I say this as they got a nice win against Baylor over the weekend, uh, did not cover, which is, um, a, there's a, a long inside conversation mm, story about mm, that. Mm,
1: ooh, ooh, I don't, I don't think we <laughs> want to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think I might've kept
0: AJ from making a really late night drive to a casino. Yeah. Um, but I mean the fact that they were they 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 don't cover, but they did win that game, that's a big win. And that's a like a, a momentum uh win for them. Oklahoma's a team that I am uh I, I I know they're well coached. I worry about teams that are really well coached that just don't have great players, and I don't know that they have great players so that scares me a little bit like because I, I feel like when you've got a good coach and not great players it's it's great for mid-major basketball it's hard to win in power conferences when you've got you've got really well coached mediocre talent um again so far it's worked against the other teams in the conference that are either you know lacking talent or lacking coaching or lacking both but Texas has talent. I I think that this is a this is one of those games where you see what matters more, a great head coach or great talent. Um, I'm tempted to I'm tempted to back the home Sooners here, but I worry a little that Texas may be have gained some momentum off that Baylor win that they could carry up there with them and at least hang around. Uh, in this game. I'm curious your thoughts on the team in general, and and what do you think of this matchup?
1: Sure, uh, and we'll try to make this podcast uh, last the normal 30 to 40 minutes as opposed to uh, 240, but I've got a lot to say about the Texas uh, basketball team. Um, Yes, Texas alum here, but I think anyone who's listened to this podcast over the three or four seasons we've done it, uh, I am... Not usually a backer of Texas. I'm usually betting against them. And honestly, I've had a lot of struggles in this series, specifically in Norman. Uh, Oklahoma, to me, yes, big football rivalry, but it's not really the same type of basketball home court that you'd hope it would be. Uh, at least I, I would have, especially as a, if I'm like doing a turncoat thing and betting OU against, um, hated OU against Texas, which I've done a lot. Uh, there's been a lot of close games on, I, I think, inferior Texas teams in the past. Um, maybe OU hasn't been super strong either, but good spots or scheduling spots or, or really just places where I thought, OU would win and it really didn't go well. There were late shots that went the wrong way or something like that. And I feel like Texas has been pretty, a uh, pretty live dog in this series. Um, though I think most Texas alums like myself or Texas fans in general would, would be pretty disappointed that. Uh, usually Texas when they go down the road to Oklahoma they're usually an underdog and I feel like based on the resources and the amount of care about the program you'd hope that wouldn't be the case now uh, speaking of the Texas program big win this weekend yes um, I was one that was really hoping that Rodney Terry would not get this head coaching job great recruiter and has done well at smaller programs but really struggled at UTEP at Fresno State and uh, literally left a head coaching job to be an assistant at Texas, maybe because they paid more or maybe because uh, he was potentially running out of rope at UTEP. Um, but I think it's really just that uh, Texas is, I mean, the, the, grabbing Max Asmus for, as a transfer from Oral Roberts was a huge, huge win, but the Texas team didn't have a full roster, like going late into the signing period and, and such. So it's been tr- kind of like a, a, a mismatch of players and, and styles. And, and honestly, it feels like Texas is playing a like late eighties NBA type of uh, roster type of setup where they're trying to score inside and do as much as they can uh, with the perimeter, which now you need it's a guards game. College basketball has always been that way. And it's not new that this is the the occurrence. I think the biggest problem for OU is the, somehow find a way to defend Dylan DeSue and uh potentially Jalen I mean Cedric behind him, who uh I'm not sure if Virginia was ready for him to move based on what their roster looks like in the front court, but uh, honestly, it's just a really weird thing to see Texas like trying to rely on bigs when that like has been a thing uh, for a decade now. It
0: feels like so. Zach Eady disagrees, but that's okay. Uh,
1: well, so, sure, okay. <laughs> if you have Goliath at seven foot four who makes seventy five percent of his free throws, then yes, I will. I will concede that point. However, uh, and D'Su was awesome and really carried Texas. I think to getting Rodney Terry the the head coaching job. Uh, based on how well he played in the NCAA tournament last year, I, I just uh, and I don't want. I'm already probably super long-winded on this, and I don't mean to be. Uh, my questions about OU is is how talented they are, um, how athletic they are. I know that's what they kind of dove deeply into becoming more athletic. They got a Suarez transfer from Oregon, plus a Siena transfer from McCollum, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And they're a good team, and they they probably will play well at home. I just feel like six is too big of a number uh, for an OU team to lay to a very talented Texas team. I just haven't seen it click with Texas yet. I don't expect it to on the road, uh, but it's too big of a price to back OU at this price. All
0: right, let's get to best bets. Before we do, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame. Yeah, jump in. We have
1: a couple promo codes running. Similar to our, our last pod, uh, but want to make sure that everyone is saving as much money as possible. You get $50 off any basketball discounted subscription. So we're already discounting as a, uh, I think a, a gift to the start of 2024. I'm trying to get you all in. It's good for seven days from the podcast release. Uh, so you have until, let's say the 29th of January. Since This is probably uh, labeled as a Monday release. But use the promo code JAM50. J-A-M-50. Good for $50 off any basketball discounted subscription. You can get Uh, AJ and I for the rest of the college basketball season, you can get, I think all of 2024, if that behooves you, if that interests you. Uh, We still have, I mean, NFL playoffs are running a little bit short as we go, but uh, baseball starting fairly soon. I'm starting to do a little bit of prep for that as well. I don't know how, uh, how much AJ's in love with the, uh, the daily baseball grind, but uh, I'm here for it. I'm into it. And uh, I will be watching a ton of Dodgers baseball at uh, ungodly hours of the night. Uh, thank you for the pitch clock, I guess, but uh, jump right in, use the promo code jam 50, save $50 for any basketball discounted subscription. And it's only for college basketball podcast
2: listeners. And uh, we get a little credit for using it. So go throw that in there. Jam 50, save 50 bucks. This show is sponsored by better help.
0: best bets last week. Uh, Let's uh, let's try and stay hot. I am going to go to the Valley, the Missouri Valley Conference, where it just means more, I hear. Um, I'm going to go with Drake on the road. I know we've been talking a lot on this pod about don't bet road favorites, and I'm doing it anyway because this is more of a fade of Missouri State than anything. I haven't liked this team all year, and the few times that I've tried to think maybe I'm able to buy low on them, I've gotten burned uh, and they were home spots like home against Murray state. And they were just non-competitive against Murray. Who's a team that usually can't win on the road. And they went to Missouri state and won by 20 something points. Uh, They Missouri state lost at home over the weekend to a pretty bad Illinois state team. So I, I, and this Drake this Drake squad is just a fireball right now. Uh, Elite offensively, uh, great shooting team. They don't turn the ball over. They force turnovers, and they don't give up second chances uh, f- from offensive rebounding. So, uh, not that Missouri State's a great offensive rebounding team anyway, but I just think the the extra possessions that are going to come from turnovers and from not giving up these offensive rebounds, uh, I think that lets Drake pull away. I think Drake's got the best player on the floor, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lay six points. It looks like. Uh, with Drake actually looks like probably more like five, five and a half up to six. We'll lay with, uh, with Drake on the road here at Missouri state. I wish I had
1: looked up my best bet record because it's been pretty good as of late compared to a a pretty slow start of the season. Thank you all, uh, all listeners for sticking with us and uh, continue to tune in because it was a very, very slow start for me for this season on this podcast and my best bets. But I'm going to stay with Nebraska back then this weekend at home against Northwestern. It was a pretty close uh, kind of an escape, I would almost say, big lead for a lot of the game. But Northwestern really put it on in the second half and uh, some late shots seem to go in, and Northwestern missed a lot of threes. Well, I expect that same sort of thing to happen with Ohio State on the road coming in with a very three-point-reliant offense. Uh, I don't expect really any team in college basketball, as we've talked about, to make a lot more shots on the road as they do at home, and a three-point-reliant offense like Ohio State doesn't have a really a lot more options to, uh, to go to score in the interior or anything like that. So give me, North, uh, excuse me, give me Nebraska. They're a slight favorite. We're projecting at minus two. We'll play it up to minus four. Uh, slight home favorite, Nebraska. I think they're going to look like a a worthy tournament team uh, by the time we get in there. And Casey uh, Tomonaga, you know, uh, one of the best guys out there, hit a big shot this weekend. I think we're gonna we're gonna run them off a bunch of screens and uh, and let them make a few more. So take Nebraska. I don't think it's a close game against Ohio State. I think Ohio State really struggles on the road, and it's the time of the year where Chris Holtman uh, goes into his shell and tries to play for his job in the Big Ten tournament.
0: I mean, listen, they lost at Indiana. They lost at Michigan already. They lost at Penn State. Like They're losing to the worst teams in the Big Ten on the road. So I I think this is a great bet. This is one of my favorite plays of the week as well. So it looks like we'll both be back in corn once again. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Griffin, great job as always. Thanks to all you guys out there for listening uh, and, and you know, getting us through with another two and zero best bet week. That's what yeah. we're uh, we're hoping to match it again. We appreciate you guys, and good luck with the games this week. We'll be back on Thursday night uh, previewing the weekend games. Good luck to you guys.